Welcome to the Mac Emerge Podcast. My name is Teresa Chan, and with me I have Kevin Dom, Brendan Trotter, and Joanna Dida, and we'll be your podcast team. Our goal is to connect all the McMaster affiliated emergency physicians so we all get to know each other a little better. We have so much great talent and expertise in this region. We want to highlight it into one regional podcast. Each podcast features one invited guest to speak about their expertise or interests. Additionally, we will feature external speakers who have delivered regional rounds at one of our teaching sites. And don't forget about the residents. We'll be featuring stories about our residents and what they've been up to as well. All right, are you ready? Let's get started with this month's episode. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Mac Emerge Podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. We have many more episodes on our Apple Podcasts, as well as SoundCloud. So check out Mac Emerge Podcast. My name is Kevin Dong, especially if you're a repeat customer. Thanks again for joining us again. This episode, we have a bit of a summer special. We have a great resident segment speaking with Dr. Devin Stride from our resident host, Dr. Ben Forstel. And the staff segment, I wanted to share my insights on the clinical decision that sometimes ails us in terms of when to order tests. So I'll give you a clinical scenario that I wanted to share, and this will be the staff segment for our July episode. A few shifts ago, I was in a night shift where I had a young patient, a female patient, age 23, coming in with abdominal pain. She said she's had abdominal pain for the last 48 hours, and since the morning of, so I was seeing her at around 1 a.m. For about 24 hours, her abdominal pain was getting worse, and now it was at 7 to 8 out of 10. She's never had it before, and she said that the pain was kind of everywhere. She wasn't able to describe it very well. She said it was sharp and very intolerable, and she felt a bit nauseous. She had no bowel changes, no bladder changes, Her last menstrual period was about a month ago, and she said that there was no chance that she was pregnant. So think about what you would want to order for this patient, and if there's any other information that you want to know. For abdominal pain, I like to add a couple of specific questions that are pertinent to trying to get a more focused differential. So for me, I need to know if they've had previous abdominal surgery, if they have any family history of abdominal issues, especially inflammatory bowel diseases, if they're on any medication, especially NSAIDs. For females, you have to ask a good sexual history as well as a menstrual history. And I also like to always ask if they've had that pain before and if they have, if it's changed or if it's different. I find that really teases out the history for abdominal pain and pain in general. So I asked those questions. She's never had surgery in her belly before. She was not sexually active. And she's never had this type of pain in the past. So I went ahead and ordered some blood work. And before that, I did a physical exam, which she wasn't able to describe fully. So I started to lightly palpate all the abdominal quadrants. And then I wasn't getting much. She said kind of there was pain everywhere a little bit on the lower left, a little bit on the lower right. But when I did deep palpation, she did have pain in the left lower quadrant, but she had a McBurney's positive. And she was quite tender there. 
After the physical exam, I asked her if she was moving around or in the car ride to the hospital, if her pain was worse. And surely enough, she said yes. So think about what your differential is now. Because I had something that I had in mind that I thought her pretest probability was quite high for. I ordered blood work. I ordered a beta ACG, which is extremely important, especially in young females. And the beta ACG came back negative. Her urine was negative, but her white count was 16. And I added a CRP, which was elevated in 70s. So at this point, think about what your differential is and what investigation you need to order. So for a young 23-year-old female with McMurray's positive, beta negative, with an inflammatory marker that's elevated, I thought I needed to rule out appendicitis. Her risk factor for ovarian torsion was low, but that's something also that you should always be thinking about in young patients, especially females, obviously. In males, think about testicular torsion. And in fact, sometimes testicular torsion, the pain is not necessarily in the testicle, but sometimes it could be abdomen, back, just because of the origin of where the testicles come from. For her, I wanted to get an ultrasound. The issue is, and this may be true in many other facilities around the, the country, is that ultrasound is not always available 24 hours. We usually have ultrasound available in the morning, usually starting around 8.30 a.m. where I work. And that may be true for some. Some may be lucky to have ultrasound 24 hours a day. Some may not be able to get ultrasound at all, or maybe three times a week. For her, however, I thought the pretest probably was really high. And I thought that the, the probability of the ultrasound being high was high enough that I think that this person would warrant a call in from the ultrasound text to come in to get an ultrasound to rule out appendicitis. Now, some may be wondering, why not get a CAT scan? Well, even though the radiation risk for one CT with contrast is not overly high, if there is a better modality that may reduce the risk of radiation, for especially for a young female who is fertile, why provide subpar care in terms of investigations? Especially at a tertiary center where I work, I think that providing ultrasound for a patient like this would be the optimal care and the optimal plan for this type of patient. However, sometimes this is difficult. In all practical sense, Sometimes it's hard trying to convince our radiologists and our ultrasound techs who are burnt out, who are stretched thin, who are going through rotations without much help or without much backup, asking them to come in at 1 or 2 a.m. in the morning to get ultrasound. Sometimes we feel hesitant to ask for those requests, being afraid that they may say no and that we're kind of stuck. In between. And that is sometimes the issue with emergency medicine. And sometimes it's a difficult thing where we're the primary care physicians asking for our consultants to help at different and odd hours in the night. However, I think we need to do a little bit of a paradigm shift. At the end of the day, our job is to take care of our patients. And our job is to take care of our patients with the best of our abilities. And if we have the opportunity, to get ultrasound even at 1 a.m. in the morning, 
especially for a patient like this, I think that we should not be afraid to get the best modality for and the best investigation for our patients. And so I called our radiology resident and he was actually quite pleasant and he agreed and we got the ultrasound. And sure enough, a few hours later, the ultrasound was positive for appendicitis and general surgery was very happy to accept at four in the morning. The moral of the story or the ultimate goal of this clinical story isn't that appendicitis is a sexy topic or something that is such a cool clinical picture that someone would want to listen to a podcast and say, oh, I don't know what that is. But it's about the clinical decision. It's about the process of when sometimes it's difficult to get a modality or there's limited resources. What do we need to do to make sure that we provide the best care for our patients? Sometimes it may be waking up a consultant who is also burnt out and has had multiple calls for similar things. Sometimes it's our hesitation because we're afraid of the response that we may be we may get from our consultants. But at the end of the day, it's all about the patient care. It's all about providing the best care and access for our patients with the best of our abilities. And I think this is our job as primary care physicians, but also to work with our consultants to achieve our end goal, which is exactly that. And in this story, we were able to provide the best care and this patient was able to get what she needed in terms of taking care of her appendicitis and her ailments. So I hope that was helpful. That's a little quick story, a quick experience that I had, and obviously something that I teach my residents in terms of when to call, because I find a lot of our learners have difficulty speaking with their consultants. And I don't think that's just our learners. I think that goes all the way up to the top with our staff physicians. And like I said, at the end of the day, we have to think about our patients. We have to think about providing the best care that we have in the resources that we have available in our shop. And I think if we remember those goals and remember those objectives, we will provide the best care that we can as emergency physicians working with our consultants at our shops. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our July episode. Stay tuned for the resident section and have a great summer. Ciao. Welcome to Residence Corner, where you will learn about some of the awesome work that our McMaster Emerge residents have been up to. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Residence Corner, the Mac Emerge podcast. I'm Ben, and I'm here today with one of my excellent co-residents in the PGY2, soon-to-be PGY3 cohort, Dr. Devin Stride. Devin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So I'm really excited to be talking with Devin today about her experience on a recent clinical elective up in the Northwest Territories in Yellowknife. Devin has told me many stories about her time up there, and I'm really excited for her to share her insights from her month in Yellowknife. So Devin, when I was planning clinical electives for PGY2 and Emerge, I thought, how can I stay close to home? Is there a way I can commute to my elective? I went to St. Catharines. You chose Yellowknife. <laughs> How did that happen? 
So as a junior resident, I feel like we get a lot of questions from the first day of residency. Where do you want to work? What do you want to do? What does what do you want your career to look like? And I really didn't have many ideas. So in my PGY two year, I tried to obtain electives that gave me a good understanding of different aspects of Emerge. So I did a community elective in a smaller community site, a community elective in a larger community site, and then I wanted to go somewhere that was more rural, had less resources, and showed me a little bit more about what a smaller Emerge would look like. The reason that specifically I chose Yellowknife for myself was that because I have some personal connections with friends who are nurses, who are from Ontario, decided after nursing school to move up there with the one-year plan and now have been there for multiple years, have bought houses, have partners, and are planning to stay in Yellowknife for a long time. So I thought there must be something up there that is keeping people and drawing people in. So I'd like to go try it. Great idea to expand outside of our tertiary care bubble. And you really went far outside of that. Now, I want to hear about your time in Yellowknife. And first, I want to hear about your time outside of the hospital at Yellowknife. What did you do? What did you get up to? So I went So I went in their shoulder season. I was there at the end of their winter. So when I first arrived, it was still negative 25 every day, snow everywhere. But over the month, basically all the snow melted and we got to... Uh, about positive 10. So if I were to recommend anyone going up there, be in the shoulder season, so fall or springtime, and that way you get the best of both worlds. You can do a lot of outdoor activities because it's not too cold. So some of the really fun things we did, we being other residents who are up there who I met, were lots of hikes around the area. We did kick sledding, which is a little bit like dog sledding with a smaller team, and you're standing up on the back of the sled lots of outdoor activities like skating, cross-country skiing. And then it was really nice as the snow started to melt because it was a bit easier just to walk around and appreciate Yellowknife and the nature that's right close to their backyards. I found that it was a great bread and butter emerge for 75% of the cases. Saw lots of kids because there's no pediatric hospital, obviously, up in Yellowknife. First of all, it was a super welcoming environment. Because their healthcare system relies so much on locums in every single healthcare profession from nurses, PAs, RTs, physio, and physicians, I found that it was such a welcoming emerge compared to sometimes as a resident when we switch so often, it's hard for people to know who we are and learn our names. I felt super welcome right away. The other thing was that this was a single doc coverage emerge, which is the first time that I've worked anywhere with just one doctor on at all times with no double coverage. And so it was interesting to see the challenges, but also the ways that people organize their time as staff physicians to provide patient care, but also deal with all the other things that come up in the emerge. I found that it was a great bread and butter emerge for 75% of the cases Saw lots of kids because there's no pediatric hospital, obviously, up in Yellowknife. Um, So saw a good presentation from young, young kids to bread and butter, chest pain, shortness of breath, belly pain. And then the remaining 25% of cases were cases with very, very interesting pathology, I think, because of the socioeconomic status of the patients up there, as well as lack of resources um, in the smaller communities. A lot of patients who 
come in quite sick because they've been unable to access care previous or patients who have not accessed care for a number of days. For example, a gentleman who had a self-inflicted stab wound but showed up to the hospital days later uh, forgetting how he inflicted this or as well as terms of subspecializations but there are things that they don't have there's no MRI there's no cardiac surgery neurosurgery even neurology wasn't up there or was only up there at certain times so you really had to think about which tests you were ordering and how that was going to change your management and how that was going to impact where the patient was going and I think sometimes in our tertiary care centers it becomes easy to get into a default This patient has belly pain. Every belly pain gets these abdo labs and a CT abdo pelvis. And so I think that I've been more cognizant in my thought process about my patients in the tertiary care center as to how what I'm ordering is going to change my management. And if it's not going to change my management, is it needed? Absolutely. And if any, is there a better test or, or a lower resource test that I can order people that will have the same podcast, outcome in my management? excellent job up yeah, there. I would not want to be to very the sole much nurse of a nursing you're station taking care of very sick patients with very little resources. Relatively low resource setting. Yeah. The other thing that I really came away from was a better understanding of the impacts of colonization, residential schools, and the way that Indigenous populations have been treated historically. There are two really big things that stick out. The first being resource utilization. So Yellowknife does have quite a bit of resources itself, imaging, as well as terms of subspecializations. But there are things that they don't have. There's no MRI. There's no cardiac surgery, neurosurgery. Even neurology wasn't up there or was only up there at certain times. So you really had to think about which tests you were ordering and how that was going to change your management and how that was going to impact where the patient was going. And I think sometimes in our tertiary care centers, it becomes easy to get into a default. This patient has belly pain. Every belly pain gets these abdo labs and a CT abdo pelvis. And so I think that I've been more cognizant in my thought process about my patients in the tertiary care center as to how what I'm ordering is going to change my management. And if it's not going to change my management. Is it needed? And is there a better test or a lower resource test that I can order that will have the same outcome in my management? But obviously we see everyone in the eMERGE. And so just recognizing the immense amount of trauma that has happened uh, or may have happened to our patients um, and the impact. The other thing that I really came away from was a better understanding of the impacts of colonization, residential schools, and the way that Indigenous populations have been treated historically and currently by our our country. And I think as a white person going uh, to a majority Indigenous community, it was really important to me to think about how I was impacting this community by being there and Uh, trying to impact it in the most positive way. And I went in there with those intentions. And I think that I did what I could in my month there as a resident, um, obviously knowing the limitations of that. But what I was surprised by or something that really changed my view on 
medicine is just being immersed in the amount of pain and trauma and suffering that continues to happen and is an impact of what has happened to our Indigenous populations. And I think that it is important as a white person to sit with that discomfort and to really have a better understanding just viscerally of what an Indigenous person may experience. And I think that that's something that I've brought back to the South where we have relatively less Indigenous patients, but obviously we see everyone in the eMERGE. And so just recognizing the immense amount of trauma that has happened uh, or may have happened to our patients um, and the impacts of that, uh, recognizing that there are different ways of knowing and different ways of providing information um, and taking a little bit more time and listening to these patients and what they have to say when they come into our eMERGE. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mac Emerge podcast. We hope that this brings you new information and helps you up your game so you can deliver better patient care to our region. Remember, we are always looking for new talent and expertise to feature in our podcast. So if you're interested, please feel free to contact us at our email at macemergepodcast at gmail.com. We're also looking to improve your experience, so please submit your feedback as well. Again, thanks for listening. Let's all stay connected. Back emerge out!